The moment of truth has arrived. Will Pump and Powell deliver to the markets yet once again? Goldman thinks no rate hike. I'm not too sure about that. Maybe a quarter and go dovish? We'll see. We got some earnings. GameStop. We'll talk about that. What else is on the radar with Dave Lauer? He'll be on at 8.35, folks. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a wild Wednesday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get started on uh, the S&Ps. Joe, Joe, I, I don't want to interrupt, but it switched right there. All right, I'm buying a new one today. I know, I know, I know. Got to shake it sometimes. Got to shake the cobwebs. Shake we the gotta cobwebs. We got to start off on the right foot. So we're going to start off on the right, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you know why. why it's toggling back and forth. It's these news. Are you on an HP? No, I'm not on an HP. It's the head. What, what kind of figured computer out is it? This morning. It's a Dell. Don't worry. I figured I it out it. this morning. Gosh. Okay. We'll figure it out. We got it. We'll get it. We'll get it fixed. SPs did exactly what they're supposed to overnight. They found resistance ahead of yesterday's high and. Looking to find support in the lower 40-20 handle. That's exactly what he did. Pre-market low, 22.75. The buck continuing to be weak, down 20 cents, 102.69. Bonds taking another hit, down a half a point at 129.5. Crude trying to get in the $70 handle, but it's down 37 cents at 69.30. Gold rebounding after getting shellacked yesterday, up 510 at 1946.20. Silver up a dime, 22.53, and Bitcoin hanging in there at 28,300. So big day for the Fed, Triple D, probably pretty choppy overnight. What are you seeing out there? Chop. Chop is the name of this day. Chop is probably the name going into the Fed. Probably Chop is coming out of the Fed as well. I don't think you're going to get a clear direction here. I think you're going to have an, an algorithmic move off the initial Fed announcement, and then I think you're going to see a lot of chop after that. So chop is the name today. Okay, chop suey, and we'll bring in uh, Money Mitch here, and uh, let's, let's just have like a normal, well, do we do I do our Fed talk here? Or yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's get through that. that action. Action. Blue, out blue of in the face, oh my Lord. Yeah. Hey, fed, 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 going, fed, 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 Fed. Even the guys in the locker room were talking about it today. And I'm like, dudes, man, just in the pool locker room? Yeah. 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 I got to swim in. You know it. You know it, Dennis. The uncertainty's high. It's pumped yesterday and uh, swam today. And I'm like, guys, just listen to Benzinga's pre market prep. And you don't have to, you know, you'll know everything about the markets. And this guy kind of gave me a dirty look. I think I might, uh, Sabotage his locker next time he's not looking. Short story, Joel. Someone <laughs> he came was. Up he was me. like, he's like talking to his buddy, and they're like, "Oh, the, did I tell you about the banking situation?" And I'm and like, "Oh, I, I think this is what the Fed's gonna do." And I'm like, "Dude, man, just get dressed, get out of here. You know what you're know. talking about. Listen to my <laughs> prep. 
Short story, I got someone to come up to me in the gym and he's like, man, you guys were all on top of it. That's what it's all about. Oh, he heard you. He's listening to your show. He watches us, man. He watches us. Came up to us and was like, man, you guys were on top of that banking situation. I was like, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't know why people listen to that other media. I won't mention it. but Yeah, we don't know why they listen to that either. Dennis, they I listen you're... to the other media to hear our content two hours later. That's why they listen to our oh, media. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's the echo effect that we call it. Um, yeah, that's it. The pre-market echo effect. Let's get to the action. Let's talk about what's going on in the macro situation. Of course, everyone's just going to be focused on what the Federal Reserve does today, right? What will they do today um will it be 90 percent says quarter point move it could be zero i mean goldman sachs is definitely saying that goldman sachs is an outlier here saying that the fed will not hike on wednesday and goldman sees the terminal rate projection wow. rising to 5.375 i mean this is interesting just because i mean one of the major banks thinks that we're not going to raise and that yet the CME Fed tool is saying 90% yeah, no. to raise. Goldman so that just shows wrong. you the uncertainty out there. Goldman is wrong. They will raise today. They're going a quarter. They're going to go a quarter and then it's about the commentary. What do they say? If they say we are sticking to the path here, and we are going to tackle inflation, and the banking banks are going to have to figure it all out. Not that they're going to say that, but if they hint that, no, inflation is the number one concern here, not the banks. The market will not like that. But I do believe that they are going to go a quarter. I do believe that the Fed is going to initiate some type of talk of a pause, and that's what could really lift the market. But again, we have rallied into this fairly substantially here. So it's hard to get rah, rah, bullish. I would not be surprised if this is one of those pops and then a subsequent drop. But I think you're going to see a lot of chop today. It is. And uh, right now we did get comments this morning. Let's talk a little bit more about the macro situation. Of course, comments coming out of the ECB president, uh, Christine Lagarde here saying a sizable policy adjustment is already behind us. Since July last year, we raised interest rates by 350 basis points. However, inflation is still high. Uncertainty around its path ahead has increased. Uh, This is making it a robust strategy going forward essential. But the public can be certain about one thing. We will deliver price stability and bringing inflation back to 2% over the medium term is non-negotiable. So that's what she added. And then just to kind of wrap up the comments out there, uh, UK's annual inflation actually rose which, of course, is not what we want to be seeing. Annual inflation increased from 10.1% in January to 10.4%. They're at another level. was a decrease to 9.9%. They're at another level over there. And, you know, I've been reading on the stuff, and I don't know how much you can read on social – or believe on social media, but they're talking about significant increases across the board in everything. And, you know, you're talking a 10 spot. You know, we're not even close to a 10 spot, at least, on, you know, we know in real life we're like 15, but, you know, we're not even close to the 10 spot, you know, in the actual numbers that they report. So it's hard to, um, you know, compare. Obviously, their inflation problem is worse. I did do a little bit of, you know, my own grassroots getting down and dirty here at the grocery store, showing some bread prices here from last year to now. And it's the same exact bread that I always buy. Um Bring it up here, Mitch. You can show it on the screen. 
So yeah, I'm doing my own homework here. Not, you can add up my percentages, but Dennis, definitely you, you more thought than we were going to talk about inflation here, but really, we're just going to judge your bread purchase here. <laughs> what kind of like bread do you buy? Purchase. Yeah, I was Wonder Bread. <laughs> no, Is it's it, not Wonder. The Wonder one's beside <laughs> it. It's that uh, Dempster's one with a little oh, bit of grains. Look, look at the pretty good. I, I buy that team. red one. You're gonna blow it up change. a little bit. The one in here, the here, I'll put it. I'll put it full screen. I don't here. even know what it's called. Like I, buy, I bought it. it every day for like ten years, and I still. Or you buy. You buy the the years. one that's a little bit stale, right? Oh, one fast bread. It's like that dumpster stuff. It's pretty good. But anyways, look. So okay, the three forty nine was in March of twenty twenty two, one year ago. The three ninety nine price. It's the same bread. You know, they have them all. They're but they're all the same brand. So three ninety nine. This is at Loblaws, Ontario. $399 was from last month. Now they go to super price and they've jacked it to $449. This is the regular price. So I mean we were up a and dollar this is the here, super year price. Over <laughs> this was yesterday at the grocery store, $449. So last month, $399, last year, $349. And if we go pre-COVID, Joel, this bread was $249. So two years ago, this bread was $249. It is now four forty nine. It doesn't look like six percent a year or seven percent a year inflation to me, at least not on that bread prices. And we've seen so many other things, similar story here. So inflation is still a serious problem. the pr- The bigger problem is is that consumers are accepting of it. I mean, we go and we expect to pay more. So they're like, well, if they're expecting to pay more, why not jack it up? Because over this same one year time period, just to give you some perspective. Over the same year, one year time period. I don't know if you can you show the grain prices, Joel. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Show the grain prices over the last year. So we're gonna bring up grain. Oh, look. No. Now look in the in the top right. We have just continued to go down on the prices of wheat here. Continue to go down since Mm -hmm. the COVID pop. So in the last year, and not even showing that, but you can see since 2022 where we peaked when the bread was 3.49, the grain prices peaked. Now they've been cut in half. Yet the grain price of the bread price went up another dollar. What's going on? What's up? Well, 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 two things. And I said this on the pre-pre-market show. Uh, one is uh, wages to make the bread, right? Wages have gone up. Oh, that's huge wages in there. Too. Yeah. And I know yeah. everybody at Loblaws got a 33% raise. I know your cashier is now getting paid 33% more than they were last year. And that's a joke. Because they're not, they might have got five percent raises. Nobody got, you know, and again, three forty nine to four forty nine. So I'm just quickly grabbing the dollar. So around thirty percent increase year over year on the price of bread. I can pretty much guarantee you that probably none of their regular employees got a thirty percent raise last year. What about uh, sugar? How much is sugar a component? The of, sugar uh, went down or up? Can you show that? I, I got sugar up now. So sugar, sugar is sugar's is, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got Wait a little a bit. bit. So that's what they're going to tell us when they get back to us on this. Because I reached out to Loblaws just to ask. What's the name of the They'll store? Sugar's up. Loblaws. Loblaws. You know, yeah. Loblaws. Well, that's the main grocery. So it's a superstore, but the main grocery store in you know it, it, it's it's all Loblaws. You know, you got, you got different. You know, Loblaws seems to own everything. It's Is it L A B L A? L. It symbols L on the Toronto Stock Exchange. You probably can't see it. It's not trade on the U.S. stock exchanges, but Loblaw stock, if you were to look at over the course of the last couple of years, is going straight up. Um, do you try and buy bread at Costco? Yeah, we shop. I do shop. Well, I shop around, and you can find places cheaper, but they're still – the problem is I'm trying to show a pattern here. 
And even okay. if you can go, you go like Giant Tiger, and you can probably find a little bit of stuff cheaper here. The overall trend, though, overall at all of these places is it, increasing prices. Yep. That is the overall trend here. So let's not just get caught up on just bread. Here's the Fed if data it was only for you. Bread, <laughs> one, one, if it was only bread going up in the whole world, the Fed would not have to be raising interest rates. But it's not just bread. It is everything. So I, I like this graph here. This is from the Fed, uh, of course. This is the outlook on bread, uh, white bread per pound. You can see it's up there towards $1.90 when this was uh, before, kind of even prior to the pandemic at $1.26. So almost 100% increase um, from what the Fed is reading there. Uh, so it's interesting. Also, you can see here uh, during kind of the financial uh, kind of crisis when we went up, we got up there towards about a dollar. 42, right? It was a spike about 40 cents from where we were. This is a lot more of an increase than even it was during that kind of 2008, 2009 time. So we, we have a serious inflation problem. Serious inflation. Just, serious inflation problem. And it's yeah. not going away. That's mm -hmm. the bigger issue is that this inflation problem, which is a serious inflation problem, is not going away. It is getting worse in the UK, which is why they're like, screw it, we're going 50, you know, over in Europe, over over, over the pond, the inflation problem. And obviously we've talked to multiple people over the pond too. We bring on uh, different guests here. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point in time, there is still a serious inflation problem. Inflation has not been beaten whatsoever. So the Fed still has to think about that. And that's why if they do any type of a pause, I think they're going to give wording that yeah, it's temporary, they, yeah, that they're still going to attack. So they may like have a pause to analyze the banking situation a little bit further, make sure the banks are stable, but then they will continue their attack on inflation. So we're definitely not going into you know a rate-reducing cycle unless we get more bank failures, and then they will have to maybe do an emergency rate cut at some point in time if we get more bank failures. But I don't think, I hope that's not the case. FRC is somewhat stabilized here. We're hoping we can bring it, bring it to the bank talk now. But what I think the Fed does today is I think they go 25 and then they give some commentary about analyzing the whole banking situation. I think if they only go, if they don't do a hike, people will be like, oh, man, what do they know that we don't that, know? That, that's another issue, Joel. What, what's going on in the banking system yeah. and, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of things there. So. Uh, but uh, let's um, let's let's do some earnings here at eight fourteen. I think that uh, I think we uh, pretty much have covered bread in uh, in Canada <laughs> in detail. Let's <laughs> let's wrap up before we get to the GME. Let's wrap up the bank talk so we don't have to be on banks sure. so much today. Uh, just the one comment that I have is First Republic uh, Bank. It looks like Reuters report here saying that the company is weighing possible downsizing options in case a capital raise fails. So I just wanted to state that I, I'm not touching FRC, but I mean, to each his own, if you guys are in that or still watching it, I know Joel might and, be still hanging out watching it, but and I'm Mitch, not touching that night, thing. And last night, the reason FRC really got hammered last night and it did was Bloomberg was reporting and we don't have confirmation of any of this. And I think maybe because there's no confirmation, the stock has bounced back. Bloomberg was reporting that there may need to be some government intervention here. And as soon as they said that, as soon as that came from Bloomberg, stock went from fifteen seventy seven down to thirteen dollars. You can see the fall last night if you mm. want to blow it up on. You were still showing GME, Joel. Joel Joel's just kind of sleeping on the game. FRC no, here. No, so so we're just showing from last night that the leak down here. And that was from Bloomberg. It got down to thirteen. It's bounced back here today. We haven't heard anything more about government, you know, coming in to stabilize this company. But we know in the case of Fake signature, news. 
when the government gets involved, it's off, often at the expense of shareholders. So that's the concern. You don't want government involvement here. You want a private yeah. solution. And you, you honestly want the company just to be able to, you know, to, to, to paddle its own canoe here. That's what, you know, the market wants. But we're not sure if that's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see if we get some consolidation from these banks or not. Uh, let's keep going. Let's get out of the bank talk. Let's go to, of course, I see you guys in the chat. Oh, you guys are buzzing. You. you guys are buzzing, buzzing, meme buzzing stocks. today. What's going to happen with the meme stock play? I mean, similar risk to reward, right? You can say. I mean, at least GME with a nice pop here. Big pop, EPS, 16 cents, beat the 13 cent loss estimate, sales of 2.23 billion, beat the 2.18 billion estimate. GameStop getting the move on and also getting the AMC motor going. So watch out there, traders. Memes on the loose. Wow. Um, the company reported a profit, a significant profit, and it wasn't mm -hmm. expected to do that. And they just started buying this after hours, and it was relentless, and they could not stop buying it. And they really haven't stopped buying it. I mean, it did have a dip here. It looks like earlier at 4 a.m. this morning, but then it's just come right back up to the highs. The stock's up 50%. It's getting a nice lift. I mean, props to them. 16-cent profit. Nobody was expecting that. So it's not surprising this thing gets a huge lift off of this. Stock's up 47%. I'm not chasing. I don't chase stocks. Definitely not chasing GameStop. Um, I will say you're getting a lift, obviously, in some of these other memesters. The AMC, and they say that's an ape stock, I guess, not a meme stock, but I don't know the difference. AMC's up 7% here. Ape, which is still talking about whether they're converting or not. We don't know. Ape is trading up 4.73%. Even Bed Bath & Beyond there, Mr. Mitch getting a little bit of life it's only 82 oh. cents yesterday it's up to 88 cents today so the memesters and the high short interest stuff showing a little bit of life but not as much as you'd think you know with gamestop up 47 percent you'd think like you think the other ones others really be ripping. not showing much life really besides in the gamestop maybe that's to come here if gamestop holds up uh but anyways gamestop nice pop yeah, I'll just give you the pre-market high. It's in the 27 handle. Uh, you backed off for that, so that's very important. If the you know if you want to see continuation here, pre-market high uh, tw uh, 27 uh, 53. We'll call it an after-hours high to be uh, correct. And then, man, there's another high uh, 27 83, 27 14, 27 05. So I don't know if you get a shot in the 27 handle on the long side, I think you might have to be licking your chops. If, uh, if you're looking for, you know, this to go back to a zillion, then you better get it 28 bid pretty quickly. Cause there's a lot of overhead supply just back here, November, December, someone's asking about why, it, you know, it went to like 350, 400. They did some, they did some splits and uh, that's why the prices come down. Um, as far as ape goes, it's not like the old days, uh, you know, where these things would all really go together. That's up six cents. I don't trade penny stocks. Uh, AMC, that's up 30 cents. That's a nice move. We were talking about that looking sleepy down yeah. there. Um, once again, five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Didn't quite get there in the pre-market. Pre-market high, 498. You're trading to 471. I did a little poll in the chat. I just wanted to see if uh, anybody's actually been to a GameStop in this year or last year. 
Looks like we got one one there. I don't see many ones there. How, There's Richard. There's how Richard are they at least. Making but... money then. Like if nobody's That's going what I'm wondering, there, there must be because... somebody going there. This is my thing is that now to get games, you can get games anywhere. Target, Walmart, Amazon, delivered to my house, Best Buy. I can download the games, right? I don't even need to go anywhere. I can just I, download them off the internet. How, are they how is the GameStop money? surviving here? How are they making the, – they're not even surviving. They're making money. How are they doing that? I honestly – I'm looking underneath the hood because I don't know how <laughs> the hell know. they made the money. They're, they're doing something right. Or they got something. some really good accountants. One or the other. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. I don't know. I don't know about Six, all this. You can't argue with the numbers. The numbers were good. The numbers yeah. were good. You know what I so can't argue with? That. You know what I can't argue with? Why didn't they Why didn't they come out and you know, you know, give us some uh, some guidance earlier? And you know, a lot they of they never say did. much. I don't even know on the conference call. I remember they would like be like no questions. They never say much there. They basically just do their thing. But you know what? Props. I'm bringing props to the GameStop management for turning that profit. That's the first profit in a hell of a long time. I'll tell you at GameStop GME. So I'm impressed, but I'm not buying stock. Okay. In this comment, retail loves GME. Do they really though? Because I've started to see more mixed signals on that. Let's keep going. We'll we'll get out of the GME talk. I know you guys can talk about that. Oh, well, we have Dave Lauer coming on too. Maybe he'll mention something about it too. Uh, hmm. Dave Lauer is loved by the meme community. All right, let's go to the stock that uh, looks like the algos tried to jump the earnings and then now back down. Let's go to Nike. Q3 EPS here at 79 cents beat the 55 cent estimate. Sales of 12.4 billion beat the 11.47 billion estimate. Nike's direct sales up 17%. The digital sales up 20%. Wholesale revenues up 12% on reported basis. Inventory was up 16% year over year, just to note. And Nike did say China sales fell about 8% in the holiday quarter, but started bouncing back with, of course, COVID restrictions coming down. Yes. A bunch of analyst ratings today. So if you guys want to go through these, you can. Yeah. I'll just mention three really quickly. UBS maintained buy, raised price target to 155 Citigroup neutral on Nike, raising price to 125 And Raymond James maintains outperform on Nike and raising price to 135 So you can see there's a bunch of difference there, not just all, all on the buy. So stock traded up initially significantly, Joel, up to over resistance. Over the high of the move. Yeah. Yeah. Over the high of the move. And then on the conference call, they did give some guidance and they don't like the guidance. And that's what hammered it. We've seen this time and time again, when they don't give the guidance in the initial report and then they come out afterwards, sometimes those gains fade very, very quickly. And that is what we really saw happen with Nike last night. The numbers were awesome. And that's why the mm-hmm. stock was up on it. But then when the guidance came on the conference call, stock got hit a little bit. Uh, this one is uh, technically for me sets up pretty well because you are still trading above yesterday's low, believe it or not. So uh, even though you're down to 11, uh, let's see if you can hold 22.97 on the downside. After that, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with this stock. Next daily low comes in just under 120. And then coming back on the upside here, uh, the the close, the close and the high were pretty close to each other. Twenty five sixty one. I'd use that as uh, as resistance if uh, if it gets a pop. Uh, this stock has had a big run since October. Uh, pulled back off in February. Gave you a chance to get out ahead of earnings, and 
now you're kind of stuffed again. So I'm not rushing out to buy Nike, Nike shoes. But I will say that stock, uh, O-N-O-N, boy, oh, boy, did that. <laughs> on, kept, on. That, that keeps going? That kept yeah, on did. going, Dennis. All yeah. day. It's on. Yeah, the rally is on and the on holding. It is so. on. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Fuck, you're a pretty good singer that much. On, on. So it's up to 28 bucks. Pulled back from the highs. Yeah. yeah. A little gap and go. <laughs> a little I gap and go. I saw that, Joel. What was I saw that, that Joel? That co- <laughs> what? Dennis said, Dennis said, oh, this is a good singer. And Joel was like. Joel didn't know what to say. No, no, no. I went, no, 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 that wasn't one of my sites. I can't get in trouble for looks, okay? My little kids. I did say that with a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah. You got to enjoy it. I was trying to think of who sang the heat. You know, the heat is on. Wasn't that from Beverly that? Wasn't that the opening song in Beverly Hills Cop, the heat is on? I'm right, I think. That was an awesome movie. But but who sings that? Oh, I don't know, man. The heat is on. Ask Siri. Or we just ask Google. The right, heat is on. Who sings it? Oh, All so right. heat it is, is on. Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry, yeah. Oh yeah. What Glenn what Fry. I believe it's the Beverly Hills cop opening song. The heat is on. And the scene from Detroit. You're right. like I got it. Ripping th- the semis ripping through the city and hammering all the cars. That's <laughs> an awesome scene. <laughs> Just destruction through the through the streets of Detroit. Heat is on. Well, awesome. Let's sneak yeah. one more in here. And I you know we've talked about it, but I've been still asking are is pre-market prep going on the road? Because Winnebago reported today Let's talk about it. Wow. We need to get one, team. We need to well, get Jeremy one. Well, Jeremy Newsom was in one, so we should have known. Jeremy I know, Newsom I know. You see, sale. you sleep on the idea. Someone takes it, team. They'll, yeah, they they'll take it. Winnebago Industries, Q2 yep. EPS, $1.88, beat the $1.25 estimate. Sales of $866.7 million, beat the $806.94 million estimate. Winnebago, what do you guys think? I think um, if we if we go on a road trip, Dennis, I'll bring the bread so you don't have to worry. <laughs> well, Joel can find the bread cheaper than four fifty a loaf. I was looking at this one, and it just looked like the $62 area. It just looked like the Rock of Gibraltar to get into that gap area, and it mm-hmm. hasn't got there yet. So I'll take a first look at 62 If they can establish a 62 bit in here, then why the heck not go fill that gap at $63.22? But I see three highs in the same area. At least the first time up, uh, New York stock may be some paper there. Coming back on the downside, oh, I don't think you're going to see the top of yesterday's range at 58.70. Gas prices come down a little bit, right? So, you know, maybe they're not such a bad buy. But the stock is hold. I mean, it's overall, it's held up pretty well. Yeah, There's still people who like these things, and they go out and buy them. Jeremy Newsom's in one right now. So I'm out, though. No, yeah. no, no trade on this. It's in the middle of nowhere. All right, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that uh, trip if we can get it together. But uh, maybe we get one more. The Petco Life here, Petco Health Wellness Q4 EPS twenty three uh, cents misses the twenty four cent estimate. Sales of one point five seven billion were in line. Uh, they do expect fiscal year twenty three net revenue to six point two seven five billion on the high end versus a six point three zero three billion estimate. Um, so doesn't seem like the revenues like that outlook was a little bit higher 
Um, the EPS not really changing. This seems to me like it's just kind of a slow, slow play. Um, I don't see it rising much and I don't see it going down much, but we've seen that right, that bottom right chart, right? Since yeah. I IPO'd, just been on a slow leap. Good support at nine. I'm not getting at it though. This is just <laughs> off me. Earnings weren't Good support, great, but no, no, not not yeah, for me. There's nothing here either. For sometimes stocks are just in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just look to the next stock. This yeah. is in the middle of nowhere. I don't. It, obviously, the overall trend is down, but you know we're in this environment. Fed speak. Who knows? I mean, the earnings weren't great. There's some support at nine. If I was short, I'd probably bring in this maybe at nine, but not interested you, in this yeah, one. I don't know if you're going to get there. I'll just give you, a, if you're trying anything, uh, the uh, the low, the all-time low is uh, 872. I see other lows at 890, 903. So that nine dial area, of course, on a day like this, you want to people, you could get a gap fill here at 993. I don't know if you'll see the close at 1017. Yeah, we'll see what happens there in the woof. I, I still woof. use woof to deliver my food, but it seems like not we that get many chewy people tonight. Are using it. We get chewy, chewy tonight. Chewy? Yeah, Chewy, chewy comes chewy tonight. Loves to, chewy we likes to make moves. Chewy. The Chewy stock chart looks more interesting here to me. Yeah, it likes to make it's, moves. It's quiet, consolidation station. Uh, again, I hate it going into earnings here, but I think if they say anything okay, this could actually get a pop. So it depends on the earnings, obviously, after the bell. But if they say anything okay, they could get a pop. Keep uh, keep eye on forty two. That's two bucks away. Not not mm. they're about two three highs. And on the downside, thirty six. I mean, there's just one low from last week at thirty six. So kind of in it. We use Chewy. We we get Chewy for Perry's. Chewy. Control what do you guys customer. think about Google releasing its AI product oh, yeah. for testing? Mm, the Googster. Man, that 90, whoever bought at that 90, was a good buy. I saw you. I saw you. I should have just buy. jumped on that. Man, that pullback there on the 13th, oh, that was a nice opportunity. It's already run all the way back up to where it was before the whole chat GPT hammered the thing and everybody said, oh, Microsoft's going to eat their lunch. I mean, and I would come all the way back up full circle. I think if you're I think if you're buying it here now, I think you're doing it backwards. So um, I sold my Google. I had it for a long time. I've lightened it up on the last run here. And um, yeah. So I'm out. I think I think I'd sell it. Uh, yeah, it's down a buck and a half. But nice to sell it yesterday because it's down yeah. a buck and a half today. But I mean, someone stuck their neck out, neck out at ninety. I I blinked when this thing went through ninety six. It had four highs in that area, and then boom! I remember talking about it with somebody. I'm like, wow, it looks like it's breaking out over ninety six, and then boom, you had a big up day. <sighs> Tough traded down a buck sixty. Big S&P component, I don't know. I mean, I think you just go a big day yesterday. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see the mark and the high, 584, 596. And then, yes, wow, this is a big win streak. Uh, one, it's a huge two, move three, for the four, stock. Five, five out of six out of seven. It's a We're big up 17, move. 18% in it's six a big days. Move. It's, a it's big, time big to ring move. the register in Google. It's a big move, man. It is. Too um, big. Too much. Too well, fast. Well, you could have said that ring the register in Meta. 
Golden crosses all around, man. Yeah, Microsoft, I mean, Apple, golden crosses. And they keep upgrading it. So we get another upgrade from Meta today, and they're becoming numb to the upgrades here, Joel. So here is Meta trading red down more than Spy even here this morning. Yet it gets another upgrade. We have KeyBank, mm -hmm. the lemming of the day, raising it up to an a, a overweight from a, from a neutral. Price target up to $240. Analysts chasing this thing everywhere. Mm -hmm. If this isn't the sign of a top, I don't know what is. <laughs> Again, of, just my opinion. Lemming but, of the day segment is what yeah. we could have that. Yesterday uh, was Morgan Stanley <laughs> meta analyst who was chasing it. Today, KeyBank says, well, if Morgan Stanley's <laughs> going to do it, we're going to do it too. And we're going to upgrade it now here too. Stock is up 100% this year. Basically 100% from the lows. I guess it's November at $100, but... You know, it's just completely backwards. They're all upgrading it now. Where were you last November, December, January? Where were these analysts then? Nobody had any guts back then. And now, all of a sudden, they all have the guts. So I think completely late to the party, just like the Morgan Stanley analyst yesterday. We'll probably get another one tomorrow. And remember that time the AT&T had the big move, Joel, and we had upgrades on AT&T four out of five days? That was the absolute top. AT&T was like $38 back then. And it's went down ever since. When you got all the analysts jumping in, they're almost always wrong. So absolutely do not like this stock up here at $200. And the you know response what? to an upgrade here. You it's know you've been good. upgraded a lot when the stock's actually down. Down on an upgrade. That's not good. That's not, not good. good news. You know what? I find I've, I've, I've been wrong on this chart about filling the gap. And I, I finally have come to a, a thesis here for those that are looking for more in meta here. You got to establish a sustained bid, sustained lows over 200. It's a psychological level. The highest low of the move came yesterday at 97.85. So until buyers are willing to step up, and today could be the day because you're only Maybe. down, yeah, you're only down 25 cents. I know who knows what's going to happen with the market, but this thing, you got to find, you got to find the big boys, not just the day traders. Make it a stand at 200, and then the high close for the move is 204.93. So that's what I'm looking at. That's the high close of the move for Meta. I like uh, just watching how it held back also over Thursday, the second high, which was 197.16. You came back to that on Monday. You closed right back above that, and I like that outlook where you just come back towards prior resistance, start making it support. So I'm with you, Joel. As long as 200's holding, yeah, why not, right? Just yeah, look ride the way the, the boy stepped the up at 170 here. You know that that's mm -hmm. a base. That's 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 more than your Maz and Paz buying here. If that happens at 200, then okay, 210. Next monthly high is way up there. Do we have a uh, we have a uh, Dave Lauer lurking in the background yeah. yet? Let's yeah. do it. Let's get into the action. Let's bring on our guest today. You guys out there, smash that like. Let's keep it going. Pre market prep. All right. How we doing? Look at this background, man. <laughs> My game. Looks good, right? Yeah, I like it. I your like game, the you know, when you're uh, doing these broadcasts. Yeah, man. I see you. I see you. How we doing today? Let's get into the action. Um, leading off, I mean, just, just to kind of give some quick comments because we can get off of it really quickly. What about GameStop? What about GameStop? What about GameStop, man? How great is that? 
How are they making all this money, Dave? Where like, are they I making mean, the this, money? Is it you, this is Dave? Impressive. They it's, made sixteen cents. They were supposed to. This is their first profitable quarter in profitable I feel like quarter. years. You you can't. You know, it's it's honestly, I just love to see it. And it's the apes. The apes. They they go to GameStop. They buy the stock. They buy the goods. They do everything. It's great to see it. But is you know, that I mean, look, the memesters that keep this place going. They turn it's unbelievable, really, the movement though. And talk about the movement yeah, for movement. a minute because you know it's not even about the stock, it's about like people coming together. Like I was so impressed with that being able to be done. I would have never thought that you know retail could come together as a team to basically save GameStop, save AMC, and then you know, get the short squeezes going and everything. I mean, you know. Whatever, you know, even if you like it or you don't like it, you've got to be impressed by the power that these memesters had at one time. It was very impressive. I, I think it's amazing. I think it's it's a testament to technology, right? And to these communities that have self-organized. You know, it's not like there are centralized uh, people organizing things. This is just a lot of uh, individual investors that came together and were shown, you know, a situation in which, again, like, First, they didn't think a stock was trading on its fundamentals. Second, they found that the short interest and the short the characteristics of shorting were completely screwed up in in some different stocks, but especially in GameStop. And you know they they said, well, we're just going to buy it, right? And we're going to keep buying it. And then when we're not sure that you know our brokers are handling our orders or positions correctly, we're going to start to directly register it and put those shares in our own names. And they've learned so much about the market and the right. mechanics of the market and what they found they didn't like. You know, the stuff that we've been talking about for a long time, Dennis, about yeah. how, you know, this pipeline of how orders of individual investors are monetized and how they don't hit the NBBO, they don't hit the lit market, and what a problem that is for markets and what a problem that is actually for uh, price discovery and company valuation. You know, like how can something like GameStop be worth? The right amount of money. How can the NBBO reflect its its actual value if those orders are never hitting the NBBO, right? Yeah. So I I think they found these loopholes. They learned about markets, and you know they've decided that markets should work differently. And you know, frankly, it looks like the SEC agrees. And and you've got a movement here too, Dave. And talk about this movement, we the investors, where obviously you know you've got a lot of retail support here in trying to get changes and i mean it does look like gensler is listening here we're going to have some market structure changes coming in the near future obviously still comments are, are coming in for some of these changes but you know talk about some of those proposed changes that are coming and talk about your move talk about your movement first and then we'll jump into the proposed changes yeah well we the investors is a grassroots advocacy campaign focused on empowering individual investors. So, you know, we're here to try and help teach people how markets work, help you understand how the process of regulating markets and rule changes work and help you get involved if you want to in the process. And so right now, you know, and we've got uh, over a hundred thousand supporters. We've, we just sort of started over, you know, a year ago, just a little over a year ago. And um, I think that what we've been able to accomplish again is getting people involved in the process, which is something that really hasn't happened before, um, and getting an audience at the SEC who sees that things are changing. And you know, a big part of this is to show that firms like the middlemen and the brokers, that they don't support or they don't represent individual investors, that individual investors can represent themselves, right? And that's a big change here. And so you know, I think when we're looking at the changes that are coming from the SEC, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we see them want to change this dynamic where all 
retail investor orders are being executed off exchange at the internalizers and they want to open those orders up for competition and they want to get them on exchange. And that's, you know, frankly, what I think is the most important part of everything that they're trying to do. There's also a best execution rule that would help to protect, um, you know, what that uh, would help to protect conflicted transactions, which is every retail transaction that occurs is a conflicted transaction. Um, and, you know, I think it's good. I don't think it goes far enough, right? I think we should get rid of payment for order flow and exchange rebates so that we don't have these conflicted transactions. Yeah. I think we, we don't need an auction mechanism. We should have a trade at rule so that every order is going to the MBBO and competition is happening in the open on exchange. I think exchanges need to be fixed, of course, if we're going to do something like that too. But, you know, it's, it, it, this is the first time the SEC, at least that I've been involved in like the last 11 years, has been willing to step up to these firms and say, you know what, we don't believe that you represent retail investors anymore. You represent your own profits and interests. And the other thing they're saying, which I think is really interesting, is that zero commission trading isn't free, right? Like that's the big, that's yeah. the big the, the big lie in all of this is they want you to believe that just because you're not paying commission, that trading is free, but nothing is free on wall street, right? When was the last time someone ever gave you something for free on wall street, right? Yeah. When has that ever happened But that? You know, people are, their orders are being monetized. They're getting inferior execution. You're getting worse prices. It's yep. damaging the market through these practices. And so everyone who's worried about access or trading commissions, the, the commissions aren't coming back because payment for order flow they don't get more than 10 or 20 cents an order. It's not like they're getting six bucks an order and that's why commissions went away. Um, and you know the execution quality that can result from getting all these orders on exchange and spreads tightening by 25 to 30% will more than make up for any potential charges that might come in, which I, I still don't think. I think you'll still have zero commission trading even without payment for order flow and off exchange trading. Dave, um, the free trading, I think I just want to bring you back to this point because nothing is free. And we know that there are, um, there obviously are costs, like commissions. So if they people think, oh, I'm not paying a commission, I'm not paying anything. But the, the, the indirect costs here are that the market spreads, especially if you look to some of the small cap stocks, yeah. especially if you yeah. look outside, like don't look at Bank America, so much high frequency, there's a lot of action in there. I'm more concerned with like the small cap space, which the spreads on them have just gotten wider over the years. I yeah. mean, here's a problem. We went from this electronic market where spreads have tightened on Bank America. They've tightened, you know, on some of the bigger S&P companies, but then the small caps, the spreads have just gotten wider. Like I used to trade preferred stocks and the spreads were actually reasonable but now the spreads are so wide i don't even touch any of that stuff you know and you can look at some of these even frc preferreds that are trading these things are so wide and they're just dominated by the off exchange market makers so it's like your retail trader comes into some of these things in some cases they're paying five six seven percent spreads yeah. on some of these small stocks so you save yourself you know five bucks on a commission but then you're paying 50 to a hundred dollars on a spread there's problems here that are beneath the hood. And I hope, and I, I think, you know, you, and, and props to you for bringing some light to some of this. You know, we've been trying to do this as well over the years on this show, but it's no free lunch out there, Dave. No, it's, it's, the, it's the craziest thing that anyone would think something is for free on Wall Street. And, you know, exactly what you're talking about, Dennis. In fact, there's a really interesting study, which we're citing pretty extensively in our comment letters, that goes to show that in these small cap names during the tick size pilot, there was some real success in the tick size pilot. And they put a trade at rule in one of the groups and they found that that trade at rule, if it was applied to 
to names in which there's a high concentration of uh, off-exchange internalizers. There are only, you know, there's very little competition, which is a lot of names. What they found is that uh, the, the cost to markets is over $7 billion a year, right? And that's on top of a potentially $3.8 billion a year of savings in other ways that are coming out of these rules of reducing off-exchange trade. You're talking about $10 billion a year of costs being borne by investors today. And that's not just uh, individual investors, it's institutional investors like pension plans and mutual funds, and it's all to enrich the middlemen. And, you know, again, I think people have woken up to this and you know, I think it's a great thing that a lot of people want to have their voices heard. And that's exactly what we're encouraging people to do. We've got a, a comment letter campaign running. Um, we have our first comment letter out uh, to end payment for order flow and exchange rebates. We're going to have our second comment letter out pretty soon, maybe today, um, focused on the order competition rule and pushing for a trade at rule. And then we're also thinking about if there's anything we're going to do on tick sizes because they're thinking about changing tick sizes. Um, and that's another area where, you know, they could they could be a lot better in terms of what they've proposed and maybe even widen those tick sizes in names in like small cap names that are not tick constrained. That's another result of some of the tick size pilot research is they actually found that if something was not tick constrained um, and it had the tick widened, execution quality improved dramatically. Um, and so that's what something that we're going to push for as well. Do you talk All about right. those different buckets that are proposed right now, Dave? Because we have multiple different buckets for the tick sizes proposed here. Obviously, you know, so the small caps a little bit wider, but then you get into some of the mega caps, and they're actually talking about going to fractions of a penny for the tick size, which is something we haven't seen for a long time. Before 2006, when they put an SEC rule 612, they brought it down that they didn't want to see stocks, you know, looking and, and trading for fractions of a penny except for stocks that are trading under $1. If you go under $1, you will see those fractions of a cent. But now they're talking about, you know, potentially even Amazon could trade in fractions of a cent. First, what what are those? Talk about that and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so today the tick size is one penny and you can the there's real no the trading increment off exchange is unregulated, right? So wholesalers yes. executing off exchange have a regulatory advantage. This is because Bernie Madoff helped write these rules. And so they have this advantage over exchanges where they can trade at any price. So you'll always see like these four decimal point prints with their yeah. price improvement. Um, so that's one of the reasons why this, this entire practice persists. So um, what the SEC is talking about doing is, first of all, most importantly, harmonizing tick and trade increments on exchange and off exchange. So the rules are going to be the same for both. It'll be a level playing field. That That's a very good, a very good idea. What they're, also talking about doing is saying, okay, if you're tick constrained um, with a one penny spread, we're going to bring you down to a 50 mil, half a penny spread. And after a quarter, if you're still tick constrained at a half a penny tick and trade increment, we're going to bring you down to a 20 mil tick and trade increment. And if you're still tick constrained after a quarter of that, you're going to go down to a 10 mil, a tenth of a cent. So you could see quotes in the market priced out to a tenth of a cent, you could see trades happening at, you know, five mils at the midpoint of wow. the, if, if it's a tick wide. So, um, you know, I, again, I think that's a big mistake. Uh, I like the 50, I think we should go down for some names to a half a cent. That makes which, sense. Which would allow for a 25 mil midpoint print. I think that's a great idea. I think that will help a lot. I think on the other end, like I said, we should go out maybe to five cents on names that are not tick constrained and are trading with extremely wide spreads. And I think we should see where that gets us. 
And then we can decide, do we want to go even smaller? I doubt we do. I, I think you'd see flickering quotes, which is what we saw before 612. I think you would see phantom liquidity. I think it would make it harder for institutional investors to execute large orders. Um, you know, but I, the SEC is very focused on how can they get the right number of ticks in the spread. That's how they're looking at the world. They've got the spread and they want to make sure there's room inside the spread for price improvement and orders to come in and all of that. Um, and, you know, I think that's an interesting way to look at it, but I, I think their numbers are, you know, off. And so, you know, I've, I've seen some good comment letters coming down the pipe on this. And I think the industry is really going to push back hard against going down to 20 and 10 mils. Dave, when so, do you think, and I'll let you go, Joe, just one more question for me. When do you think the timeline here, here is to implement some of these changes? Because they're still in a common yeah. period here right now. Are we looking like second half 2023 where we're going to see some changes here or will it get pushed further? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, today, March 22nd, the comment deadline is March 31st. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, you know, get those comment letters in. We've got comment letters you can file. Um, if you just want to copy ours, or if you want to take bits of it and write your own, make sure that, you know, you're, you're being heard. That's the only way that, you know, the rule changes are going to reflect what people think should happen. Um, so the comment deadline ends March 31st. Then what we're going to do is we're just going to wait around, um, for the SEC to finalize these rule proposals and vote on them. Um, I think, uh, so there's not there, one of the rule proposals is to, uh, update rule 605. That's going to fly through. It was a unanimous proposal. Um, and I, so I think we're going to see that update coming soon. That, that's probably the first one that, that gets finalized. Uh, the rest, I think, are going to take longer. So the updates to Reg NMS, which include the tick size changes, it includes some market data changes, and it includes an access fee cap change. Um, that's probably going to come through um, this year. I think maybe the best X rule will come through this year. Um, I hope the OCR, the order competition rule, which in its current form mandates retail auctions on exchange, uh, unless you get a midpoint print, you can print at the midpoint off exchange. Otherwise it has to go into an order by order competition auction. Uh, that's where we're trying to, we're gonna push for them to change that to a trade at rule. Um, I think that's more controversial. It's gonna take them more time. And unfortunately it probably doesn't matter when they finalize it, because as soon as they do, uh, Virtu, Citadel, and the retail brokers are going to sue the SEC to block mm -hmm. it, um, and it's going to end up in court. And it's you know hard to know how long that's going to take. Uh, I don't think they're going to prevail. The SEC did a great job in these rule proposals. They really you know did all the economic analysis that they needed to do to show that this is not arbitrary and capricious. That's the argument that that will be made, but it's, this is a very well-founded sort of legal proposal. It'll just take some time because they're, you know, these firms are going to try and stall and delay it every single day that they can, because they're just printing money. It's a cash cow. Day. It's cash cow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that uh, we're not going back to nickels like we should. <laughs> On everything, and on everything that so is not it, in the proposal today. Uh, really? But, so know. if I go, if I go uh, campaigning for that and get the liquidity there, I just want to shift gears here real quick before you go, and I want to get your opinion on on the uh, on the limits on the on the uh, limits. You know, limit up, limit down, because what it looks like to me, circuit breakers. Yeah, yeah the circuit breakers is just that. I mean, and right now the the big boys are running the show and things like FRC and these things. And to me, it's just like they know 
They know where they can jam it to. Oh, sure. Right? And then there's a halt. And then a lot of times you get the revert. You know, sometimes you get a reversal off the halt. And then they they bring it back the other way. I mean, I just want to – I mean – I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Like if like where would some of these stocks be trading if we didn't, you know, have halls? Because to me, it's like it's sitting duck. Like if I get this down five percent, I'm gonna get more people to puke, you know, if I'm a short seller or whatever, then it has the rehalts and it comes in and then like that ba, 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 buy it up because you know there's the fluctuations in price. Um, am I exaggerating things or what's your take on that? You know, I, I think that limit up, limit down. I mean, first of all, no, you're, you're right in that you always see limit orders right at the bands because they know if it blows through them, it's going to halt and mean reversion happens all the time. If it doesn't yeah. blow through them, it's going to mean revert, right? Like that's a really nice, juicy trade. Um, you see it all the time. I think limit up, limit down as a practice, and I said this from the beginning, is a band-aid, right? It, it, it's to cover up problems in markets. It's to cover up the fact that we don't have the kind of market-making diversity that we used to have, right? All we have are speed traders. That's it. There's almost yeah. nothing left in terms of market-making. And they're very simplistic strategies. And that's the problem. And, and honestly, like some of these rule changes, I think, can make a dent in that, right? If you get retail and order flow back on exchange and you redu reduce toxicity on exchange, you make it more profitable for market makers to have diverse strategies. And then you don't have the kind of fragility and instability that you have uh, today. So, you know, it all to me, it all ties back. All of these things are related. And I think that if you address root cause issues like complexity and fragility, uh, you can get away from limit up, limit down, which is just a Band-Aid because they couldn't address the fundamental problems of the flash crash, right? All this limit up, limit down, all this ties back to the flash crash in 2010. That's when all this started. Um, and that's what they put in place as an answer to it. And again, it doesn't address what caused the flash crash. It's a Band-Aid that just addresses the symptoms of it. Oh, Great answer. Yeah. Mitch, where's Mitch? Mitch had uh, two. But just to uh, sum up I, then, I Dave, so um, just just want to you know finish up the whole segment here. Um, where do we go? So you were talking about comment letters and putting in comment letters. I mean, can we go to your website to you know, submit stuff to? Do we have to go straight to the SEC? Just uh, let the listeners know. There's a lot of them that are huge fans of yours today. Where do they go to get these comment letters here in the next uh, nine days in? Yeah, I don't know if you guys, I, I did send the link over if you want to put it up, but it's um, just we've got just threw it up there. Uh, okay. We have it in the chat there for you guys to click on it. And also, uh, I also threw up the advocacy one where you guys can sign up for email updates. So if you guys just want to keep up with all the action, I would Perfect. definitely sign up for those email updates. Um, but I'm going to throw up multiple ones here. I know that they also wanted to take a look at the we the investor letter of course the petition is closed 71,592 signed it awesome. but if you want to at least take a look at the letter so that you can read all about this i also threw that up there in the chat i'll throw nice. up all three links and include them in the description later for anybody catching this later you want to check them out they'll be in the description thanks mitch yeah so we've got those landing pages on our site uh that uh, we've got our comment letters there uh we've got all the instructions for how to file a comment letter um, we did not, we were not able to figure out quite how to make it easy. So you can click it. You do have to email it yourself, but you can download the comment letter from Google Docs or the Word doc. You put your name in and the date 
email it to the SEC. We've got step-by-step instructions on how to do it. Last time we did this um, with the SEC had a new proposal for 13F2, which is to disclose short positions, the same as 13F discloses long positions. And we got 2000 comment letters filed in two weeks on that. So we're, wow. you know, we're hoping to see something similar here, maybe even more. Um, and we think this is the opportunity that we've been waiting for for a long time to really change markets and get some reform in there, make them more open and fair and get open competition for order flow uh, so that everybody can compete instead of just a couple of firms who are printing money right now. And, you know, so I, I definitely appreciate you guys uh, supporting our efforts. And we're again, we're going to have another comment letter out uh, today or tomorrow on the order competition rule. And, um, you know, we're excited to keep this push going. Well, thanks, Dave, for all the work that you're doing over there and um, the advocacy here and standing up for the individual investor because the individual investor just doesn't have a, a strong enough voice. So thank you yeah. so much. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much, David Lauer, CEO, Irvin Finance. And definitely, we even got a tip while you were speaking there. So that just goes to show you how much they love you, Dave. We'll have all you right. back on. Send Dave that money. Yeah, come on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> have a good one, Dave. We'll, back, right, we'll bring you back. All right, let's take a look into the market. How are we doing? I was catching there the breaking news from Carvana. That's what I was covering in the yeah. background. I see the yeah. chat going crazy. I was yeah. trying to pull it for us. It looks like there was a couple of headlines that came out here for Carvana. But really quickly, Joe, how's the market doing? Like always. Oh, he's on mute. One second. So, One so second. if we're looking at Carvana, I'll just jump in the pro. So when and actually right at 830 here, you had an announcement of a private exchange offer relating to some of their existing notes. Yeah, and I got, they came you. Out I got with the some guidance as well here. So lots of information here coming from CVNA. It's not surprising to like, I think CVNA was lifting a little bit here just on GameStop. Like, again, mm -hmm. I talk about relationships. GameStop, you know, when it's up 53%, people start thinking about high short interest stocks. They start thinking about these other names. We talked about, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond and AMC lifting gear already this morning a little bit. And then now you get Carvana lifting too. But the Carvana, definitely, these headlines were a real driver here as well. All right. Uh, you, you peaked at above 10 bucks at 1077. And there's actually a couple highs in that area. You never want to fall buck, buck 20, buck 30 off that high. So uh big red candle after the big green candle. So if you're holding out for, you know, mega, mega gains in this one, you got to clear uh 1088. That's a pre-market high coincides with some daily highs. So to wrap it up, Carvana's uh, looking to restructure $9 billion in debt. How they're uh, proposing to do this is they're offering note holders the option to exchange their unsecured notes at a premium to the current trading prices. Receive new secured notes that would provide exchanging note holders with collateral while reducing Carvana's cash interest expense and maintaining significant flexibility for the company. They also stated that in three months ending March 31st, 23, we expect retail units sold to be between 76,000 and 79,000 and expect total net sales operating revenues to be between 2.4 and 2.6 billion. Carvana will it disappear? Will the zombies company? Well, it's come had by? a nice pop. It's fading a little bit here, but you got to be careful with all this stuff. I mean, the short squeeze potential on some of these things is is substantial. And we've seen the pop ups before. And you have a GME day. I mean, this is headline is hitting 
on a day when they were already squeezing the hell out of the GME people. So, I mean, you know, that it's the timing of this, you know, headline was put is out it, perfectly. It's puzzling. It's yeah, not, well, it's, it's not even puzzling. It's, it's just smart. They put it out on the right day. I yeah, mean, they're holding they this headline to see GME trading up like this. People are already, you know, a little bit maybe nervous if you're short something like Carvani coming out this headline. It gets mm-hmm. the pop here. So, again, these things can go anywhere. Um, you know, I still think long term, I don't want to be an investor in Carvana. But obviously, this morning here, it's getting the pop off this headline and GME. All right, let's go to our trade zero stocks to watch today. Let's get into it. All right, let's take a look underneath. What do we got moving right now? Of course, what do you see there? Show oh, Carvana up. right at the Carvana top here. Right there. Um, we got Boom. Carvana. Then we've also got OLLI, which we didn't talk about. It has earnings here. Ollie. Yeah, OLLI. Yeah, the, the cheap, the discount. I, I know they were coming out a little later. I was looking for them, but when did they finally hit the tape? It's like 7.30 here. Uh, yeah. E Q4 EPS 84 cents beat the 79 cent estimate sales of 549.8 million beat the 542.18 million estimate. They did give some guidance looking forward, which was actually pretty significantly higher full fiscal year adjusted EPS now to $2 and 58 cents on the high end versus a dollar and 58 cent estimate. So big lift there also in sales, they expect higher uh, 2.058 uh, billion versus 1.82 billion. Uh, so it looks good there on the guidance looking forward as Ollie goes higher. Grabbing just a couple other quick names. I know we're running behind what a bagel we've already talked about here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going down the list and seeing what strikes my fancy as well. Ross. Spotify. We didn't talk about Spotify. Is there a headline mm, Spotify? Spot. That's a nice pop. Let's take a look. Yeah, let's take a look there. Spot and, and this stock too has been like I haven't looked at this chart in a while, but resilient yeah, it looks like an upgrade since the January. Is it upgraded? Yeah, Guggenheim upgrade Spotify to buy and raising price target to 155. Um, let me go back to the this stock is decent here. timing because oh. it, it's been wanting to break out, it's been bumping its head against this big 130 for a while. So maybe this actually gives you the breakout again. Hard to buy or sell anything from a swing trading perspective ahead of the two o'clock Fed because that is going to really move stocks. But this morning, we're getting a breakout here in Spotify. So that major 130 resistance trying to get above that, who's upgrading it? uh guggenheim guggenheim okay so we'll see what happens there let's take a look there one more here on the upside let's go to ross what is going on in ross store is this an upgrade too there's been a ton of upgrades today and downgrades so look out there team uh for that looks like another raise here um loop uh ross stores raised to buy as loop sees soaring 2023 sales and then also to mention it looks like there was some uh, insider buys yesterday. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing right now. There's a lot of like kind of reports there from yesterday. Ross stores. What do you think about this? Nah, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes there's good setups, and then there's these ones that are kind of in the middle of nowhere. So I'm not trading that on off of technical basis here. I mean, you had a good support down at 101. You broke down from 110. You're kind of in the middle. I don't trade stocks when they're in the middle. All right, let's go to the downside here. You no know, um, Nike, which we didn't talk about much here, but Nike, uh, well, we talked about a little bit with the disappointing guidance that turned it around here. Google, we already covered, was trading down here as well. Um, it's just grabbing them. LA Zebra R was downgraded to Sal at Goldman Sachs. So that's why Laser 
is trading down here this morning. Um, I don't, I don't know why people hate this one too much, man. It, it has a lot of deals with the top companies out there. If there's one that I'm going to believe in in the long run, I think it's this LAZR. But of course, that's just me. because I don't follow the company, but I just fan. know when you get a downgrade from Goldman, it will hammer the it stock will hammer, initially. Yeah, it will hammer, And it can put weight on it for a while. It's hard to just buy a stock after Goldman. Sometimes they reverse off of it, but more often than not, especially some of these smaller companies here, mm -hmm. it, it, it spooks people out of the stock, especially when Goldman says sell. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. if you're looking at who carries the most weight, it's still Goldman. When Goldman says sell, a lot of people listen. So, so the two deals that I like is NVIDIA deal and General Motors deal. I like any company that's going to deal with those two. And if they could get it right, we'll see what happens there. Let's keep moving. Um, Nike, of course, we've talked about that. Google starting to come down here. Yeah, we talked we've about already talked too. about that, that that could be turning around. Baidu, uh, a little bit of a pullback here in the morning. Yeah. Uh, the China tech trade, we were looking to see if it was going to get the lift. And it is. What do you think about that? Yeah, it is. And I got spooked out on the weekend. I didn't want to hold through it. And obviously, I should have because I had picked up Alibaba around 82 or 81 and mm -hmm. now it's 84, and I'm like, man, I got spooked out because the Xi meeting with, you know, the Russian, with, with Putin over in Russia, and I got spooked. I was like, I didn't want to hold him long through the weekend because I didn't know what was going to materialize from that meeting. Not a lot, I don't think, other than, you know, people thinking that obviously they're friends, um, which isn't a great thing for the whole world here. But Alibaba has been lifting. JD, I had picked up two. Um, just, you know, trying to look at for a catch-up trade more than anything because I've saw Baidu rallying substantially. Um, Pinduoduo has sold off off of its earnings, but before the earnings it was doing okay. Uh, so I was looking more just from a catch-up perspective on Baba and Baidu because I do trade uh, and pair trade off in Baidu with Baba. So when I see Baidu start getting the lift three, four days ago, I was like, well, maybe Baba eventually starts doing it too. I still think that's in the cards, but it's obviously still a wild card is China. ARKK, uh, I saw Kathy talking yesterday. Uh, she was even saying that there could be some losses. I think that she admitted for the first time. I don't know if you caught that I interview, did. Dennis. And there she was. There <laughs> she was on CNBC saying, well, you know, there is a benefit to, you know, our underperformance here, you know, over the last the Taxes, year. We have man. Tax, yeah. We tax save loss. a significant amount of tax on with all of our losses. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's bragging now about her losses. <laughs> She's oh, found man. a way to spin this and say, well, it's not so bad that, you know, we've underperformed the NASDAQ, underperformed the market substantially because we got tax write-offs here now. Wow. That's scary to hear. Um, not what you think you want to be hearing it's from a person. Scary, that, just ridiculous. I mean, know. she was just a few minutes, like a few like months ago, she was saying like 10 to 20% like right returns. Oh, like, she's still saying that, Mitch. She's still saying 20% annualized return is what she. I think she was saying yesterday yeah. or more. I think she was even saying more, but she's planning on really kicking the market's butt going forward here. So we will see she's gonna have to do better than the market itself right because uh that's not what we're seeing there we'll see we'll find out what happens today any last comments for the day dennis um again we're going into a fed meeting not taking any swing trades ahead of this because it's just unpredictable i do think you're going to see a lot I of agree. chop i will be day trading you know this afternoon 
And I think, you know, the way I'm going to be playing is probably fading a lot of the moves. Short leash, when they're really, really chopping around after the number. Sometimes you want to wait till after the number and get a better feel. But just watch out for the head fakes because there's often head fakes off these initial prints. Yeah, I agree with Dennis. You guys know I've been doing that swing trading show. But the last two days, no swing trades on. And there's a big reason why what Dennis talking there. It's just the uncertainty. We don't know yeah. really which way the market's going to react. And I just feel like I'd be playing the gambling game. If I want to go gambling, I can always bet on March Madness, right? Um, I'll pass on that offer today. You have a good one, Dennis. We'll see what happens. See you guys. Good luck with trading the Fed. Fireworks, 2.30. You guys can catch that right here on Benzinga. You don't got to go anywhere for the FOMC conference. Check it here at 2.30. And like I like to talk about all the time, I feel like beginner traders don't know this, but at 2 p.m. you get the press release, right? You guys can go to the Fed website and pull that uh, release before anything happens, right? This is where I think a lot of people get to the point where they miss out on the PDF and they wait to hear Jerome Powell read that PDF. Uh, that gets released, right? You guys can check it right on the Federal Reserve website. So that's what I always say, 2 p.m. release, go read the release yourself so that when Jerome Powell is just reading off of the paper, you don't even have to in be interested in what he's saying because you already read it. Really, the fireworks come from the Q&A. We'll hear questions probably on inflation. We'll hear questions on what the terminal rate is going to be, right? These are the questions that are being asked because for a while there, a lot of people were expecting the terminal rate to be already kind of defined. Now these situations are definitely turning this around. And of course, we'll find out, will inflation still be the forefront of the Fed or will they say that bank instability has turned them away from focusing on inflation Find out, of course, 2.30 fireworks right here on Benzinga. That's where you guys can catch it. Later today, we have a lot of fun action for you guys. Of course, we're going to have live trading, but we have a awesome Cannabis Insider event for you guys that will be starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. New outlooks on what's going on in advertising and cannabis. Check it out, team. That's going to start at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on Benzinga. You don't want to miss that, especially if you by any chance are thinking are or looking to invest in the cannabis industry. I definitely think it's something to watch. I'm always looking for opportunities in the cannabis industry, so I know I'll be tuned in. Check us out on live trading. That will start right after live trading. And like always, Keep building with the book club, Japanese candlestick techniques. Who wants to learn some candlestick talk? Come on over to Sundays. That's where we do the book club, financial book club. And we're going to keep pushing through. We're going to do some reversal patterns this week. So I want to see you guys over at the book club. We keep gaining more and more members every single day. So let's keep pushing forward and building our skills. You guys know where you're at. You're at Benzinga, the number one place to grow your skills, right? Whether that be investment skills, whether that be understanding in trading action, or it might be even alternative investments. Definitely check out Benzinga.com if you're looking for alternative investment opportunities and maybe even yield opportunities. We're covering it all for you guys. Now to bring you over to live trading, smash that like if you guys enjoyed today's action. Let's see. Do the meme stocks get moving today? Are we doomed, Tony? Find out right here, of course, on Benzinga. See you next time, team. Smash the like.